Hello everyone, my name is Nate Walther, and today I'm joined by Daniel Strickland, uh, Jay Scott, Nikita Adikari, and we are all students in History 111, which is sort of a, a class about circumpolar and polar people groups, that's like Siberia, Canada, all that sort of stuff. And today what we are going to be talking about is uh, Turkic migration, so, and sort of like the history and development of the Turkic people. Short of brief overview. And you're probably asking yourself if you are like a fan of geography, well why the heck are we talking about Turkey, if we're talking about Siberia, if that's what we're learning in class. Well, I'll have you know that the Turkic people, the like actual ethnic group, extends from Turkey all the way to Siberia. Like that's a, it's a pretty, it's a large, it's, it's pretty a large, large area, range. Like it yeah. is quite crazy, really, just how many people can sort of like encompass in this one group. And with that comes a very rich history with kind of just a lot of crazy stuff happening, a lot of migrations and movements. Now you're probably asking yourself, like, hey. Where these Turkic people come from, and like like many people groups, you know, uh, it's it's not known that well. Like when when I looked into it, the, there's many theories and different researchers saying, oh, they came from here, they're here. But like in, in a general idea, they sort they originated from what is known as the uh, Taiga Steppe zone of the uh, Second Altai in, in Siberia, which is actually today where the modern uh, Yakut and Saka people, they're saying people are located, and that was one of the people groups that we learned about in class. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was one of them. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, um, and do you know if the these the Turkic people had any sort of um, lineage relationship yes, with them? They do. They do, in fact, and because uh, the Saka people they speak a Turkic language. Now it's curious because uh, you know they speak a Turkic language, and people all the way over in Turkey speak a Turkic language. That's quite the large divide. And so yes, they are indeed related. Now genetically, there's quite some difference because over time, as you know, different people groups have moved around, they've diverged quite greatly. However, they still have those language roots, which which is a connection. There, there is a connection there. Yeah. And uh, they developed around that area. However, the first really mention of Turkic people we can really find in history is of the, the Zhanyu. Now, the Zhanyu were a kind of confederation conglomeration of people who uh, were located pr around Mongolia, that's southern Siberia sort of area, and they came in conflict a lot with the Chinese. Like, they raided the border and all that stuff, and yeah. also the character from Mulan, Mulan yeah. his name's Zhang Yu, that's, yeah. that's who it's from. And uh, this is quite interesting, because now the Zhang Yu were not necessarily full-blooded, like, Turkic people as, as we know them today. However, their language was proto-Turkic. Like, what, what we have found is that there is relation between language and modern Turkic languages. And also, there was a, a research done, like, uh, where they did a DNA analysis of uh, Zhang Yu, in a like a Zhang Yu burial ground is what they found. And what's interesting about that is their, their DNA they took from it is related to other Turkic people groups. Now, it's not, it's not full, of course, but there was definitely some admixture in there of, of Turkic people. It's yeah. quite interesting. Quite, quite, quite the interesting. Yeah, topic. no, it's quite, <laughs> quite the cool find. And now that that was during um, the first century, a uh, third century BC, sorry, and the first century CE. So they lasted for a couple hundred years, and over time they kind of just fell out of history. They sort of were probably, you know, uh, defeated by Chinese a lot, and they kind of just were mixed in with everyone else. Hmm. Now the another interesting sort of thing about the Turkic people is that there could be a correlation between the Turkic migrations and the Huns. Now, if you don't know what the Huns were, the Huns were this uh, this nomadic group who swept across Asia and then went into Europe, and they caused havoc. They they actually toppled. They were. They, they pretty much toppled the Roman Empire at the time, and that it con uh, contributed to their downfall. So they definitely made they had a giant impact on history. Um, do you happen to know why the Huns were so successful in their... Um that's a good question. Well, the, the, we could go. We could talk a lot about that, but it's really they were so successful in their conquering because 
first off, well, they're horse, they're horse riders, horse yeah. archers. It's yeah. hard to fight. Like they, it's a very. Uh, There's actually something I was reading into a lot recently is where um, the horse riders developed the uh, the high heels. Mm-hmm. High heels are originally oh, really? from riding horses. Is they'd they'd stick their foot in the stirrups. Uh-huh. And then that way they could stand while riding uh-huh. the horse, and, that's and where then it came pull from. the arrow. That's cool. Back. And, yeah. and the turkey people, they were nomads for the most part, so they were very well versed. They probably used those high heels. Yes, one, exactly. one would think. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So, and they think that the Huns had some sort of connection to the uh, turkey people. Like I, I was reading up on it, and we really we don't have solid info on the Hunnic language because they didn't actually write it. I mean, they spoke something. We, we just don't know really. Yeah. But they, they, there were theories that it could be related to Turkic, and it's quite likely they had at least Turkic ag- admixture in them because they, they originated from that area that the Turks came from. And uh, that's that's the early history of the Turkic people. Like I said, it's very broad and generalized because we just don't know it much. I mean, they developed around that area, but eventually they did uh, kind of develop into the quite a large confederacy or conglomeration of people that was called the Goat Turks. Now, my friend will explain a bit more about them. Yeah, I'll go ahead and explain. So, to continue what's already been said, um, I'm going to cover the history of the, the Hungarian migration, but more specifically, the Goat Turk wave. So, the Goat Turks were predominantly the same as most of these groups. Uh, they were nomadic, and they roamed um, most of Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hor- their origin is heavily debated, which probably similar to from that area. That's Siberia. Yeah, area, yeah. Um, there was a plethora of different groups of people, and they came together as like under one united force, mm-hmm. under one uh, not under one religion, but under a couple languages and usually one religion. Um, the the predominant languages they tried to use was um, the the Turkic language, yeah, obviously, like yeah, the early versions, yeah. mm-hmm. and then uh, some version of the Chinese language um, mm-hmm. that from that area. Because they're they're yeah. like right there. Yeah. They, they had a lot of connection with the with the Chinese people, which you'll see. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the origin is even though it is heavily debated, um, there is one that we think dates back to like possible ancestor of uh, the Goturks is the Ashina clan. Um, there were there were about like 500 families of the Ashina clan who fled from their original their original habiting, habited place and started moving uh, across Asia and really started the more nomadic lifestyle. The lifestyle was still there but it was um, expanded upon during the time. Do we know who these Ashina people were? Were they sort of like did they mix with Turkic people? Yes, eventually they were. Um, they they spoke Turkic languages, mm-hmm. so they are very uh, Turkic based. An early form of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the earliest form that I could find. Um, they grew they grew in prominence in the sixth century, and the wave brought numerous uh, hardships and challenges for not only the the Go Turks but. Uh, the surrounding groups as well, um, whether that be through wars or whether that be through just internal conflicts, mm-hmm. there was plenty of it. Um, and their religion was uh, Tengrism, mm-hmm. which is which held primarily uh, evidence of animism and shamanism. Mm-hmm. And shamanism is uh, one of the most common religions between all the Siberian people groups. So we, we can clearly see this connection from from these Gok Turks to Siberian yeah. people groups where they most likely originated from uh, carrying that shamanistic, those uh, re- that religion with them as they traveled. Mm. 
yeah, predominantly people of this uh, of smaller people groups will uh, tend to go towards animism or shamanism whenever it comes to religion. Um, usually, numer- numerous uh, deities are put in place mm-hmm. for them. Um, animism, if anyone doesn't know what animism is, is um, one second. Definitely has to okay. animals, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is um, the attribution of a soul to plants, to, in, in, to inanimate objects. Mm. So it's a very, like, naturalistic sort of way. Natural of phenomenons is basically how it's explained. So maybe a soul is put within uh, a shrine or, like, mm-hmm. a specific totem of some sort. Um, but there is some sort of connection to these an- inanimate objects. So religion. one could conclude that like this was like the original kind of Turkic religion that they had. Yeah, so this was this was the the big stuff. Um, shamanism, for anyone who doesn't know, which is it's it's a very popular uh, religion. So I would say that most people do uh, it is the religious practice that involves a practitioner, so somewhat like a priest or someone that just holds power in the religion, uh, interacting with what they believe to be the spirit world. And this, this can be done through numerous processes, but the primary way they did it is they would take some sort of drugs or some sort of hallucinogenic um, um, natural anemone, uh, something you'd find naturally. It's, um, and then they would take it, and then they would be able to converse or uh, talk to these deities or these uh, souls of people whether that is to tell them that it's going to rain or it's mm-hmm. going to do this or that. It was it was definitely very prominent in how they carried themselves through that time. Um, now, what happened to this, like, Go Turk Confederation? Like, what happened to these people? Um, over time, it, it, this is towards the end, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't got to that point, but um, the... They began to invade the Sioux dynasty mm-hmm. of China. However, the war ended due to the division of the Turkic peoples, mm-hmm. and there was a civil war for the throne of the Kagan. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, th- the civil war is very self-explanatory. The groups were not like exactly like each other. Mm-hmm. So the Go Turks were like a mixture of a bunch of different things, whether that be. Uh, people from more north or nor- more east or north, mm-hmm. uh, more in whatever direction. But at one point, they were all able to come together and mm-hmm. be under one like figurehead. But during this time, there was too many opposing uh, thought processes, and they just couldn't uh, combine to take over the Sioux dynasty of China. And that's a very common theme we see actually among the, the Turkic people is the, the multiculturalism because since they, they traveled so far uh, west moving from their original homeland, they came into contact with like so many different people groups. It's quite mm-hmm. interesting because like they ruled these empires with like tons of different people under them that weren't all Turkic or, or, or uh, yeah, mm-hmm. their religion. To, uh, to filter back a little bit towards the, the religion, um, their religion was shared by numerous other people groups in the area. Uh, some of the most prominent names being the Mongols and the mm-hmm. Zongyu, and also the future uh, Magyars, which is th- which eventually evolves into Hungarians. And in some point, um, the the Go Turks have numerous names. 
especially from that time. Um, the word, uh, the the name Goturk was heavily um, heavily had uh, some issues with it because it was a, a misunderstanding, Misnomer, sort of yeah. like it was classification of a lot of people for just like one name, sort of. Or it was their their original name isn't Goturk. Uh-huh. It was just like people oh, that's what understood it as that because Same. it was the mis it was the misunderstanding of the word. It was. It's K O with the two dots on the top mm-hmm. and the K. Um, I would try to pronounce it, but I feel like I'd butcher <laughs> it right now. Um, but yeah, that's originally where it started. But the names that they picked up after Go Turk was uh, the Celestial Turks and the Blue Turks. Mm-hmm. Um, the Go Turk uh, cognate in the in around the 552 to the 744 AD uh, controlled the entirety of the Silk Road as far west as the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Silk Road it was just like, for those who don't know, it was this trade route pretty much from east to west, which carried spices and silk as, as in yeah, the name. So it was, it was very important to control. Like, there was a lot of money involved. Very important to control. So if you held power over this, this was a big deal. And they did for a good amount of time. Um, European history uh, rarely mentions this because um, the Goturks had not uh, reached the Western Europe directly at that time. Um, they never got as far as that during this time period. Um, probably this, their influence still um, was shown throughout Central Asia yeah, heavily, yeah. Um, whether that be through their religion or what they passed on uh, being a, being their diet, mm-hmm. maybe maybe their habitat, the way they build things, and maybe the way they traveled. Mm-hmm. I think the most important is probably just like the Turkish people just arriving there in the first place, because yeah. like still today, because the location we're talking about where the Gok Turks were mainly is like Kazakhstan and like in those sort of areas, and those are still Turkish people today. Yeah, yeah. lasting impact. Very lasting impact. Um, Um, numerous wars were fought by the Goturks uh, during this time. The most prominent one being the the Persian War. The Goturks reached their peak in about the sixth century, and this is whenever they began to invade the Sioux Dynasty of China. As I said, um, while this and you know everything everything went to a halt uh, because of the Civil War, and it eventually had fallen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so while this one fell, another cognate of the Turkic people began to rise. And, and that is Uyghur County. And it was a Turkic empire that existed for about century, like uh, mid 8th and 9th century. And they were a tribal confederation under the Urkan Uyghur or Kaliku of the name of Turkus and Togluk. And they have the history of uh, very powerful rise and fall, and they fought a many battle to rise their empire. And in 19, uh, in 1657, the Western Turkey County was defeated by the Tang Dynasty, after which the uh, Uyghurs defeated to the Tang. Prior to this, the Uyghurs had already sold an inclination towards alliances with the Tang when they fought with them against the Tibetan Empire and Turks in 627. And in 742, the Uyghurs, Karluks, and Beshmels rebelled against the Second Turkic Karanti, whereas in uh, uh, 744, 
the Bishmils captured the Turkic capital of uh, Kutkan and killed the rigging Osmus Khan. Later that year, a Uyghur Karlik alliance formed against the. So what we can see here, there's a there's a common trend I'm seeing that the <laughs> that the uh, Turkish people are coming to conflict with China and losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, this is a very common um, occurrence. Also, growing in power like phenomenally fast, and then falling and then just as fast. <laughs> yeah, that tends to happen with giant tribal <laughs> confederations who control exactly. thousands of miles exactly. of land. Yeah. Yeah. And they also killed many people and ceased to exist as a people. And, and today's uh, the Uyghur county usually known for their words, uh, vibrant music and their ethnic dances for the century. And this occupy a significant place in Uyghur life. The, the most pre prestigious and well-known genre of Uyghur music is the Mughan. And there is, yeah, there, there is are usually the Muslim minority in the China mm -hmm. living in Chenjing uh, so, province. So yeah. today, the Uyghurs, they're still there? Yeah, they China, are still there. Right, so. yeah. mm -hmm. And at the crossroads of culture and empire, today it's estimated that more than one million Uyghurs people have been detained in camps and camps where they have been subjected to torture, forced labor, religious and restriction even... Oh, I know, too, that in China, they actually kind of, similar to the people, uh, circumpolar people, they do go like to kind of like residential schools or kind of like yeah. blocked off and everything else to teach them Christianity and, you know, not get them to do their customs and language and everything. Yeah, so the, the, uh, Uyghurs? Yeah. yeah. Well, the so the Uyghurs are, they're, they're Muslims, right? Yeah. And, and China's very uh, anti-religion general. Yeah. And uh, what, what, I, what I've seen really what they're doing is they're trying to pretty much destroy their culture like you said like what they're doing to what they did to many of the Siberian people in Russia and the, the Inuits who are in Canada and yeah. Alaska and so it's quite scary that that stuff is, is still happening today and these Uyghur people they, they are a, a Turkic group they, they speak yeah. a Turkic language and they share many cultural values with uh, many other Turkic people and it's just really sad I think today that like that that's still happening you know seeing seeing these culture groups being suppressed and yeah. It's definitely a, a culture killing mm -hmm. uh, mindset. Is they're just trying to get uh, eradicate it from the mm -hmm. earth. Um, if you can't practice something, eventually it'll fall out of practice yeah. and mm -hmm. it won't exist. Yeah, and there is also the Uyghur conflict in general. Uyghurs and the mostly the hand government disagree on which the groups has greater historical belief. The Jingzheng uh, region Uyghurs believe their ancestors were indigenous to the area, whereas government policy considered Jingzheng to have uh, belonged to China mm -hmm. since around 200 BC during the dynasty, Han Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's where you see that conflict yeah. stem from. Yeah, and. and yeah. So, uh, and another interesting thing that I should mention is during like the 800s, 900s, the uh, 1000s, these this time that's happening, the uh, Turkic people as a whole were transitioning from their traditional religions of animism and tangrenism to 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 Islam, Islam, because uh, sort of as they came in contact with Persia and they started to go through the Persian area, uh, they they started to pick up those customs and cultures. Um, so I'm going to be talking about the Antonian expansion, which happened between the 15th and 16th century. Mm. And so this was when the Turks were in Antalya. And you might think, you know, why is Antalya so important? Antalya is very, very fertile, and it is the way between Europe and Asia, which is obviously very important for trade reasons. And um, the people that were there before were the uh, Byzantine Empire. Mm -hmm. And so Constantine made a truce with the Seljuks that lasted until 
1064. Um, and, and who were these Seljuks? Uh, basically, the people that were, I guess it was they were running into them going kind of going mm-hmm. into Antolia and it was kind of like the Byzantine people were fighting mm-hmm. you know they were in a whole nother battle mm-hmm. so it was kind of like uh, I guess an example would be the battle of 1812 mm-hmm. when the British came over I mean they were fighting the, the French so mm-hmm. they didn't really have time to fight America at the same time so it's sort of like attacking a weak spot sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. and the Seljuks I'm pretty sure they were sort of um, from what I read they were like uh, Turkish in, in leadership but yes. also they mixed with the Persians a lot yes so I saw mm-hmm. they yeah. Um, it's surprising to see that they mixed with the Persians so yeah. well, especially after the the Persian War had went yeah. on. I, f- I figured relations may be constricted Strange. at least. <laughs> yeah. Now, actually, uh, the the I guess the captain of the army was Alp Arsen, which means heroic uh, lion in Turkish. That's a cool name. And uh, <laughs> I like to be called heroic lion. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a title! They actually, you know, officially. Uh, you know, took Antolia in the uh, Manzikert battle in 1071, mm-hmm. which lasted 25 days. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, the seeds of the Ottoman Empire were planted. Mm-hmm. And uh, after, I'm pretty sure, so after the Seljuks came in, they defeated the Byzantines and they kicked them out of Anatolia. And what's interesting is we saw a, like a giant demographic change of Anatolia because before it was Greeks, it was like yes, Greek people yeah. living there. But then all these Turks. They flooded in pretty much, and they kind of uh, kicked out most yeah. of the Greeks, and that led to like the Sultanate of Rome, I think it was called, which a lot of people don't know about. It's a weird name because most people don't associate Islam with Rome, but they kind of like attempted to claim the mantle of the Roman Empire at yes. the time, and they called it the Sultanate of Rome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, beginning on that, you know, all these Turkish people flooding in, obviously they're going to start to Turkify everything mm-hmm. that they, you know, do, and that kind of happened in the uh, well. The Seljuk Empire, you know, lasted until like the 11th century, and then and the 13th, yeah, and then the 13th century, the Ottoman Empire yeah. into the 20th century, you know, came, and I mean, they were kind of some people they came and they were very, you know, you know, you can you know pay our taxes, whatever, but you oh, can okay. live, but others, you know, they kind of like slaughtered, <laughs> and, slave, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that seems to be a big um, theme, a big theme the in war. in yeah. medieval medieval times. Yeah. I'd say is yeah. uh, just genocide yeah. for, for no reason, uh, especially in Europe. A lot of that conflict, was yeah. Europe, like uh, when Bloody Mary killed all the Protestants. Mm-hmm. Religion has been a very uh, a very focused point mm-hmm. on mass murder. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see. So talking about the Ottoman Empire real quick. So uh, Osman the First, which was born in 1258, he is regarded as the the know, Turk. Yeah, the Turk. He's the the founder of the Ottoman dynasty. Um, so when he first got the Ottoman Empire, you know, looking very very high, and um, 1520 to 1566 during the Solomon the Magnificent. The Magnificent. You should see his hat. It looks like a giant onion. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it does. Yeah. So is it like round? And yes, it was pointy? white. Yeah, it was white and round and had a little thing on top of it. <laughs> yeah, he was marked by, you know, the great power, stability, wealth of the Ottoman Empire and it encompassed modes of uh, southeastern Europe, um, obviously the present day Middle East mm-hmm. and parts of North Africa. And so, obviously, all empires, you know, that go up, you know, as a theme of how it's been so far, you know, significantly go up and then And fall. what's crazy is that, like, this started out as a people group all the way in Siberia, and then they trekked all the way across through hundreds of years, and then all of a sudden, they're ruling one of the largest empires 
far from their home. It's like, a, it, it has a lot of similarities with uh, the Native American peoples. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they they crossed the land bridge at the time, they didn't even know they were crossing a land mm-hmm. bridge to a separate continent, and they just expanded so Fall, fast. Yeah, and just found their spot that they just wanted to hold down, mm-hmm. and they held down. Mm-hmm. Um, the Turkic people were more of a nomadic, but I, I they definitely showed signs of settling in some points. I just I think it just exemplifies sort of just how pervasive I guess their culture was. There's uh, their way of assimilating and just controlling all these different people. It's very interesting. And um, the Ottoman Empire obviously mainly failed because they sided with Germany in World War One. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was USA, yeah. Uh, on October 29, 1923, uh, Mufasa Kemal Atatürk, Ataturk. Yeah. Mm-hmm, my boy. An army officer <laughs> founded the Independent Republic of Turkey. And so with that, like, obviously, Turkey's founded. But the last thing in, you know, kind of like impacts, I mean, obviously, one of them is the religion mm-hmm. um, of Islam. Obviously, it was covering lots of North Africa, which, I mean, usually you just see the Middle East in terms of if you think Islam. But North Africa, even Southern Spain, if you go there now, there's so many mosques and all the Islamic kind of architecture. When you go there, you can see it. And they, they also brought Islam into Europe because, like, if you go to Bosnia or modern in Kosovo, those people, they're not Christian, they're Islamic. That's because of the Turks, the Ottoman Turks. Um, it's, it's crazy to see how these migrations have carried over so many religions and cultures and just affected everything around them in such a drastic way. Also, you can see the Turkish language too, the Altaic language group, or Manchu Tungus. Obviously, um, in our class, um, a circumpolar people, you have these people also speaking the same language. Yes, Turkic language. Yeah. And you don't, you don't often, you know, hear, I guess, or talk about any sort of European you know, type of place as being nomadic, as covering all this land, you know, of going everywhere. I mean, you, a lot of people only associate it with like, you know, indigenous groups, but the Turks were one of the main people going across, you know, Asia and Europe and everywhere. And they conquered a lot of stuff. And they, yeah, they left a big impact. So to wrap things up, like I just, just, it was, I think the history is just incredible really of just how much these people went through, how much land they traveled, yeah. and just how much they conquered. And I think it really just, uh, shows that like from humble beginnings can come great things because exactly. I mean they started out as this nomadic people group in Siberia but then they became one of the greatest empires the Ottoman Empire known the man yeah yeah rags to riches rags, rags to riches, riches. <laughs> I, I think that wraps it up for this yeah. podcast uh, I think we covered what we wanted to cover we talked about <clears throat> their expansion and, and their influence on today yeah yeah, yeah. thank you for listening guys yeah thank yeah. you thank, thank you, you. Thank goodbye you.